Pitaya. Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Wow, that was really good. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> That's my shitty witch inside a party city animatronic. Oh, it's like a stereotype of a witch. Yes. That's my sound effect. Because witches actually sounded like, oh, I know how to do math. That was that was a witch back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was that was a witch. A witch was, um, I'm gonna make chamomile tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were instantly hung. <laughs> Burn her at the stake. I'm actually going to Salem next week. Oh my god, like because you love spooky season. I do. So are you going to like <laughs> communicate with our BFFs? I feel like we would have totally been witches in Salem. <laughs> I would have 100% been burned at the stake. You they would have been like, oh, she, oh. this girl does weird voices. She is totally possessed by a demon. <laughs> be like, I guess I am. Absolutely. That would have been us for certain. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've been to Massachusetts a couple times and Boston, but this is my first time in Salem. So this kind of coincides with today's episode. Yeah. So today we really wanted to talk about horror Films, horror movies, horror, the genre. Um, I absolutely love horror. I love it. Do you, What do you feel about it? I do. Honestly, it um, depends on what kind of horror. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people assume automatically because of who I am and I, I love all this shit and I got married on Halloween and blah, blah. I The only type of horror I do not enjoy is uh, slashers because I am very phobic and I do not like the human body. I cannot even look at photos of my own colonoscopies. So <laughs> I <laughs> I do not, I cannot watch Hostel or Saw or anything that is filled to the brim with gore. Yeah. Other than that though, you give me demons, you give me ghosts, you give me all that shit and I'm fine, but not, not gore. No, I get it. I, I also feel pretty similarly i love you know when it's the tension is sort of the main character in the film when it's like you don't know what's going to happen and it's almost like psychologically torturous versus like physically um but you know there are basically three main types of horror film there's the horror of personality which is like one person is disturbing the normal. So that's like your psychos or your, you know, Freddy Krueger's. It's like this, which is, I love those, which is like one person mm -hmm, creating mm -hmm. chaos or one monster creating chaos. Then there's the horror of Armageddon. I don't like these <laughs> because this is like disrupting the normal through massive destruction. Like it's, it's like, you know, apocalyptic horror, which for me gives me far too much anxiety because I'm like, this could happen. <laughs> I don't know if I like this. Um, and then there's horror of the satanic, which is like, you know, the more religious uh, sort of demon possession type of horror film, which I mm -hmm. enjoy, but I don't I can't fully immerse myself in because since I since I'm like kind of an atheist and I don't believe I'm also Jewish and I don't really believe in any of these like Catholic uh stories uh i i i just i'm like it's so clearly fake to me that i can't 
Like it, it, it just doesn't even seem like a, a potential reality I can even play with in my mind. Yeah, it's funny because I, I do believe in ghosts and, and all that shit. And I am spiritual. So for me, it's like, I don't know why I put myself through the torture because I believe it's it is real. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> But ultimately, it's fascinating. So I watch it anyway. You know, recently, like I was in Dallas and I stayed in a really shitty hotel and I just watched straight ghost hunting TV. Are you insane? Listen, Joanna, it was either that or Friends. And honestly, Friends is scarier. So I'm <sighs> going to go. <laughs> Bro, I love I watch Friends just to be able to fall asleep at night. I guess we're different there. For me, watching scary <laughs> horror macabre things is almost like riding a roller coaster. Like I have to mentally prepare and it is it's like a big deal. It's like I look forward to it for days and it's it's sort of this momentous occasion. And what I sort of like about horror films, even the ones that I don't necessarily fully enjoy watching, because there's horror films where I'm like, I don't know why I'm still watching. I'm not having fun. Um, It's like in every horror film, we start out with a normal, right? Every horror film like opens and it's like, oh, this is normal. This is a normal life. Hopefully nothing happens. And then bam, something happens. And maybe it's because I'm neurotic and I think bad things are going to happen to me all the time that actually seeing it fictionalized gives my brain some release. It's like, see, when things are when things are too normal, something's coming around the corner. Like that is literally neurosis in a genre. <laughs> it's it's you can never relax cuz something is coming around the corner when things are too normal, where things are going too well, something's going to come and literally bite you in the ass, literally. It could bite there there might be there might be a villain that just bites asses, you know? Yeah, there has to be some kind of indie film somewhere about that specific serial killer. I mean, we had we had a human centipede, you know. I feel like we should write one. <laughs> that would be really funny to see what the fuck we could come up with. I mean, there was a movie that like had a it was a vagina that had teeth, which I think is genius. I mean, if you do your kegels, yeah, if you do your kegels, you can really, you know, you can you can snap off a penis. It's it's a skill, you know. I love this. You don't necessarily need teeth, but <laughs> oh my god, oh god. <laughs> you know what's interesting is Latinos uh, tend to over-index, which is a marketing term for just they consume a lot of mm-hmm. horror. Like Mexico loves zombie movies; they love horror films. And I think it has something to do with our culture. Like, there's nothing more (laughs) creepy than the stories my families tell me about, like, what goes on in Los Llanos of Venezuela. Like, before the horror film, there was folklore. That was the original horror film. It was just, like, stories told from generation to generation. And I know there's like a couple stories in the States that I heard, like the girl with the ribbon around her neck that like was beheaded or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I feel like Latin America is, I don't know if it's the magical realism of it, but I feel like we love these horror stories and these like this folkloric creepy vibe (laughs) that when I found out that we just like consume a lot of horror, it just was not shocking to me at all. I mean, listen, I went to a Catholic church for my godson's baptism a few months ago. And the first thing I see upon entering this church is zombie Jesus. It's not like a sweet photo of Jesus. Oh, my God, really? It's a huge painting, like giant, 
like maybe eight feet, nine feet long, and it's of Jesus laying down in his tomb, all bloodied up, and like stabbed on his side and with a crown of thorns, and he looks like this really terrifying zombie Jesus. And I'm like, yeah. this is a Catholic church. I mean... <laughs> It's so true. Honestly, when I was a little girl and my mom was like, you know, I'm not Jewish. Your dad is Jewish. You can choose whether you want to be Catholic or Jewish. And then my mom would take me to these creepy churches that scared the shit out of me. And then my dad would take me to these synagogues that were just rooms with like colored windows and had like no scary iconography. You know, it was just like a room. I just, I made my decision solely based on that. Like the Catholic religion is so... It's so oriented around death and torture. Yes. Yes. It's the torture of Jesus and it's the death of Jesus. And then it's Jesus being a ghost and coming back, bitch. Like, I that's mean, a just horror read the film. Bible. <laughs> read the, I mean, the Bible's full of people coming back from the dead and just a lot of violence and beheadings and just, oh, it's a lot, you know? So, um, yeah. And then a culture yeah. that's like over 90 something percent Catholic. I mean, they're so used to every Sunday exactly. they're hearing these creepy ass stories. And then it's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go to the movies and watch <laughs> some some guy with a saw like follow people around. I'm sure there's a chapter in the Bible that had something akin to this. <laughs> but that's what's fascinating, right? Yeah. Every time I go you know, out here in L.A., we love our Halloween out here. I, I feel so uh -huh. welcome because, again, Miami was a place that if I even wore like a fucking green wig, people would look at me weird versus in L.A. Every day's a day to wear a costume. No one gives a shit. It's Hollywood. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> that could be someone's day to day attire. I literally I literally saw in Hollywood people <laughs> with wigs and literal costumes. And I was like, yeah, OK. Yeah. Okay. Day in the life. There's a lot of Halloween centered conventions here, especially in the summer, like Midsummer Scream. That's a big one. And I attend a lot of them. And I'm, I'm going to be real. Most of the attendees are Latino. That's so interesting. But then we're not seen that way on TV, except for like Los Spookies, right? So it's like weird because we're so yeah. into this shit. And we're, 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 a lot of us are just fucking goth weirdos. But then we don't see ourselves represented in that way, which I find fascinating because we truly are horror fanatics. And it's really fascinating because Spain also produces a lot of horror. Mm. And then another country that produces a lot of horror and consumes a lot of horror is South Korea. Oh, yeah. You don't want to fuck with those. <laughs> no, and they're like really crazy. And then Japan also, you know, is, oh, is, yeah. a, is a big producer of horror but like there's a big difference between western horror and eastern horror apparently mm -hmm. and it's like the main character in eastern horror is more about like atmosphere and tension and then the west it's more like shock horror it's like bam in your face with a knife versus like you know <laughs> the ring was an adaptation of a japanese film uh-huh and it was just like this little girl she didn't have any weapons she just was coming out of a well and you just like the mystery was the scariest part. It's like, what's this bitch called do to us? Like, or, you know, and I'm like so curious to understand maybe <laughs> the why of it. Like, why is it that in Western cinema, which is most of the cinema I've consumed, like, why, why is it more geared towards shock? And I personally like more like ambiance horror. Then you would really like It Follows. Have you seen It Follows? I loved It Follows. Yeah. So for those of you that haven't watched it, It Follows is like 
it, I've never seen a horror film like this. It's sort of symbolic. It's not really a horror film. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's not even a satire because it's not funny, but it's it's like about venereal. I feel like it was about venereal diseases. Yes. You can catch a spooky STD. That's, it sounds funny <laughs> talking about it, but the only way you can pass on this creepy, terrifying ghost monster entity is by screwing someone else and then it follows them. Can you imagine going to the doctor and being like, hey, yeah, just an STD test. And they're like, yo, um, so <laughs> you got you got ghost dick. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Ghost Your dick. penis is haunted. <laughs> um, but I, I, what I loved about It Follows is it felt very of the time. And horror films, much like all films, but I think in particular horror films, do a really good job of representing the time it was made. Like Mm -hmm. every horror film and some of my favorite horror films really represent the era it was made in. Like even Mm -hmm. for example, Get Out, which was I think a a very recent um, horror film directed by a comedy director and actor, Jordan Peele. Like that is a horror film that message was racism and, and racism in America. Yep. And although a lot of horror films don't necessarily like aren't like Jordan Peele uh, films that are like, I'm going to make a point about this. They end up representing what people are afraid of at the moment. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you like some fun little facts about decades in horror film cinema in the U.S. and what was actually going on. <laughs> So the first horror film, it was a French horror film. Uh, I don't know if you know this. It was like made in, I think like 1890s or something like that. Super early. It sucked. I watched it. It was kind of more of a comedy than it was a horror, which we'll get into later, the how comedy and horror are so correlated. Mm-hmm. So big horror, how we see it, began in the 1930s. And it was all about yeah. like monster movies. That's like the golden age of like cinema. The classics, horror, yeah. The classic, like horror like monster movies like this person or thing is coming godzilla's coming and whatever but in the 1950s we were in the cold war right like it was like will they bomb us will they not will there be total annihilation will there not and there were so many films about invasions you know what i mean era como que people were like what are people the most afraid of right now invasion let's make a fuck ton of films about it but like not not talk about the Russian invasion. It's escapism, but also totally not. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. all the all your fears are being represented on camera. But then in the 1960s, it was like a decade of like social revolution, right? And that gave way to a bunch of films that pushed the norms. And movies were getting way edgier and explored more like themes like sexuality. Like Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. and Peeping Tom and Psycho, which is freaking weird i love psycho you love psycho too right i lo- I think it's like the quintessential psychological yeah. horror i recently rewatched it it's so good and it was groundbreaking because you see the death of a lead that's such a good point we had never seen that before yeah you follow a character and then you think that's going to be your main character and then she freaking dies <laughs> like yeah. right at the beginning yeah and it was really sorry i'm biting ice as i'm doing this i don't know why i'm I don't know why I've just bit ice. I think it's because I'm like anxious <laughs> as I'm thinking about these movies. <laughs> so that scene broke a lot of rules. Like how in the 1960s people were breaking rules. Like your main character dies 
And then also, it's kind of sexual. It's a woman bathing. It's a very, like, odd scene that mixes sex and violence in a weird way. There were a lot of postmodern philosophers that actually wrote about this scene. I had to freaking read about it in my annoying Alfred Hitchcock class in college that I got a B minus in. <laughs> but <laughs> I clearly did not retain a lot of information about it. But anyway, so then we have the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So in the 70s, it was like nihilism central in the States. We had the Vietnam era. You know, we had social issues were still being tackled. The movie industry was like less afraid of tackling a lot of these things. So, you know, there's horror films that attacked things like sexism and Stepford Wives or consumerism and Dawn of the Dead and then religion and war. But then in, in this era... That's when, like, exploitation films hit their stride with, like, morally questionable, like, mixes of graphic sex and violence. It was, like, really intense. And Mm -hmm. if you think about it, dude, this was the time where serial killers were all the rage. Yes. And that is coming back now, no. Oh, God. That's coming back now. What, the serial killers? Because of our fascination with true crime, Dahmer is one of the number one series right now on Netflix. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're kind of making a little circle back to the serial killers. Yeah. And like, so the 70s was like cult of personality around serial killers that never existed before. The term serial killer didn't exist until that time. Mm-hmm. Then you had the news, you know, blaring all the serial killer shit and like weird sexual crimes being committed. And then you see it reflected in the films that were being made. It's almost like it's harder to see it in dramas, I think. In horror, it's like taking society's biggest fears in the moment. And then making mm-hmm. it watchable. Because in, in this time, there was also a bunch of zombie movies. Like, zombies were, like, all the rage in the 70s. And I think mm-hmm. it has to do... I have a theory. Which what is, is your theory? Because I'm curious. So I actually... I'm going to steal this theory from another podcast I listened to a while ago. And I, I didn't fully steal it. They, they referenced that vampire movies and zombie movies are, like, constantly ebbing and flowing so if zombie movies are como que popular that means that zombie movies will be popular in the next couple years and people will stop producing vampire movies but zombie movies and and vampire movies are like a constant como genre that we keep Uh going to at different times what's weird is they correlated that when there were democratic presidents in office vampire movies were like very popular and then there were when there were Republican presidents in office, zombie movies became very popular. And it's weird, but the theory is a lot of the propaganda against Democratic candidates are about them being part of an elite and educated and, you know, wouldn't invite you into their house and and a lot more sexually liberated and yeah, vampires like to get it on, you know. Vampires? Vampires like to give you hickeys and then kill you, you know? It's a very sexy death. It is. I mean, zombies are not sexy. Vampires are sexy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Does that make any sense? I'm sure there's a sector somewhere on the internet that disagrees, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never want to go there. I what never want to go there. Sexy zombie. Um, <sighs> okay, continue. So then when Republican presidents are in power the theory is that Mm. zombie movies are more popular because populism becomes like a bigger aspect of how they get votes so like 
fear-mongering. And this is what Democrats say about Republicans. Fear-mongering, telling people that someone's going to come take their jobs so you stop critically thinking and you just follow the things that your leader is saying and that's kind of like what a zombie would do. So there's this like vampire zombie theory that that I think is very interesting. And like in the 70s, it was like zombie movie central. But also what happened in the 70s was like two of the biggest horror films ever were made. And like it's The Exorcist and Jaws, mm. which I love. I love both of those films. I think they're I think mm-hmm. they're some of my favorite horror films. It's so funny because I never considered Jaws a horror film, but I guess you're right. It is. It's a fear that people have, and it's a very real thing that actually happens. Uh. Yeah, it's not like a little demon child. <laughs> no, it's like a legit, you know, Jaws was very realistic. And you know what I love about Jaws is, you know, in the 70s, we didn't have great special effects. And Steven Spielberg's, like, animatronic shark was so bad that he actually, like, directed the film to avoid seeing the shark. And that weakness, that perceived weakness of the shark being, like, so bad actually made the movie so good because you hardly see the shark and it makes it scarier. Of course. Not seeing it. Maybe that's why we don't like, like, torture horror films. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need this. Because it's all in your face. It's all in your face and it's just disgusting. Like, I want to just, I want to be able to eat my food and keep it down. I don't. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be like The Exorcist, like vomiting, like. Well, The Exorcist is still really good. Um, you know, despite the vomit scene, I mean, I think there's still so much anticipation there because you don't know what she's gonna do next because there's a demon inside of her and they're unpredictable and they play all these games and it's like, um, and again, it's probably why I wanted. It's one of the best till this day. And people used to call me um, The Exorcist. Ooh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Not because I acted like a demon, because um, I look like the actress Linda Blair when I was little. Me and my mom oh. look very similar to her. Oh, yeah, you do. So people be like, you look like the exorcist. And then I'd pretend to turn my neck around fully, and that failed. So I mean, thank God, if you had said, and I did it successfully, I would be like, <laughs> this is a horror film uh, currently in it, um, occurring as we speak. <laughs> Woo! So then we have the 80s, right? And we have like the slash. That's when the slasher film sort of becomes like the it film. The like freaking knives, blood everywhere. I think it's because special effects started getting a little better. So like, let's let's do this cool shit. <laughs> yeah, let's just have like blood come out of elevators in The Shining. You know what I mean? They're like, we but can, they still we had really cool stuff though. I I recently rewatched The Shining two nights ago, and I'm like, damn, this is. So good because again the pacing is is what's fantastic. That little boy, creepy as shit. Red rum. I'm sorry, kids are creepy. Red rum. I'm like that. The moment that kid was talking to himself in the mirror with his little finger and he's like, I'm like, why are all kids right, so creepy? Throw the entire child away. That's when I, that that <laughs> meme of like throwing the baby out like midair. That that would have been me. Like I have some friends that have kids and they're like, Jenny, my kids tell me the creepiest shit. I'm like, like what? They're like. That they they had another life, and they 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 had another mother in New York, and oh <laughs> I'm God. just like like just like really weird things, and 
the kids are like only four years old and you're wondering where did this come from um throw it away <laughs> but then there's also chucky and like yeah. there's a lot of like kid-centered horror it scares me the most like the ring is a little girl there's a lot of little girl horror little girls are terrifying in a lot of but why because i think it's it's so interesting because in real life they're the least scary thing like if i am in a hallway and i see a little girl that that is the person i am least afraid of in the world if i see a group of boy teenagers i am running away even if they're talking about oh yeah absolutely well i mean there is a lot of inherent sexism in in this i remember i was in a writer's room for an animated show and there was a whole debate because it was just me and another girl and the rest were boys, men. And they were, um, we were debating whether this character should get possessed. And and there was a lot of back and forth and the network wasn't happy because they're like, women are always getting possessed in media. You you yeah. rarely see men. And so it's a lot of like losing bo- um, bodily autonomy. That's it, so it, interesting. In a sense, it's like a rape right like it is uh, uh, it's a rape it's it's a rape and so and 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 when i thought about it i was like oh my god like the exorcism of emily rose and the exorcist and and a lot of possess a lot of demon possessions in in film and television are they happen to women predominant i can't even recall i'm sure it's happened in some horror movie but i have yet to see it myself where a man gets possessed and and you know what's interesting in alfred hitchcock films other than rope uh which centered around actually a gay couple women are either the victims of violence or like at the core of the violence and a lot of the imagery in alfred hitchcock films is very sexist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you see it in slasher films, which is like this the sexuality of women mm-hmm. running away from a knife, which is, you know, it's phallic. It's all very, it all, mm-hmm. it, it all, it tickles like the bad parts of our brain. All of it does. And it's mm-hmm. like s- how sex and, and like violence, I mean, in my brain, they're I can't imagine them being close by like where I register horror and where I register sexuality because like no thank you but clearly there is a correlation there um mm-hmm. which is why films in the 90s I really like some of my favorite horror films are from the 90s because you had the Blair Witch Project which oh yeah completely broke the norms oh. of horror it was a quintessential 90s horror film. It was a VH... It was like... It was just a camcorder and friends and you don't ever see anything. It's just tension and fear, but also through a vehicle. I think it's like... For me, it's like the original vlog. <laughs> Blair Witch Project was the original vlog. People thought it was real. People thought it was real. People thought it was like a documentary, that it was real footage. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think it was like, you know how YouTube broke apart walls from creator to watch, like people that watch? And uh-huh. even now, like TikToks that look too edited and, and well done don't feel authentic. So things that look a little shitty and crappy, like Gen Z humor and Gen Z content is so like, what makes it good is how bad it kind of looks. Yes. Because it feels like really real. I, th- I think that's how the, what the Blair Witch Project did so brilliantly. I was, I remember watching it and not sleeping for 
for nights. It, and I never, and you never see anything. It's so well done. Like that is, if we were, if we go back to what we talked about earlier, that is basically an Eastern horror film. It is all about mm -hmm. como que la tensión. Yes. You know, it's not sh shock. It's, it's fear. It's, it's, that's what I like the most. It's playing on, on neurosis. It's playing on your yeah. brain, filling in the, filling in the blanks, which is always scarier than seeing it. But then in that time, we also had Sixth Sense and Silence of the Lambs, which were like Oscar-nominated films. So the horror went from like not mm -hmm. a particularly respected genre to like, oh my God, the Oscars, you know? Yeah, because a lot of it was like campy and stuff like that and, mm -hmm. you know, low budget. And obviously I have to shout out, I Know What You Did Last Summer and Scream and The Craft. The Craft was one of my favorites from the 90s. Which were like funny. Like they were self-aware. Yes. Like, they knew what they were doing. They weren't taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. Like, Scream was a satire of a slasher film that ended up being treated seriously as a slasher film. Yeah. But it was supposed to be yeah. a comedy. Yeah. You know? Which brings me to the next part of our conversation I want to talk about. Because, honestly, like, 21st century horror is just a bunch of remakes and, like, torture porn and, like, shock factor and then obviously get out with cultural significance. But but it all leads to this part of the conversation. I think finally Jordan Peele is resurrecting it. Yeah, which is interesting because what I where I wanted to lead this conversation is we have Jordan Peele, which for me is one of my favorite directors. Nope is one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. I liked Get Out, but for me, Get Out felt like a sketch that was extended into a movie. Mm -hmm. And then Barbarian came out recently, and that was also directed by a comedy guy. So comedy and horror have always had this, like, weird connection. Like, the first horror film, which was this French horror film made in, like, the turn of the 20th century, was actually kind of a comedy. And I think it's because human beings, when we're, like, presented with shocking things sometimes we laugh yeah and sometimes we laugh to get through really difficult times and for me i guess the sex and the violence part is hard for me to like grasp in my own brain but the violence and comedy part is easy to wrap around in my brain because the most horrific times in my life have also been the funniest Truly. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely there's definitely a cor correlation and even in the formula and i i love a good horror that involves comedy i know that's not as common but that is fascinating but what why do you think it is like why do you what i mean why is jordan peele such a successful horror film director jordan peele who starred in key and peele he was a just a sketch comedy guy well that's what it is it's sketch comedy and there's always a game to be played you know for those who've never studied improv and sketch there's always a game to be played in 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 most sketches and most sketch comedy formulas you see it very clearly in a lot of the key and peel sketches when they had their show and you you knew off the bat that jordan peel was a huge horror fan because a lot of sketches of theirs always took a very dark <laughs> and morbid turn um even if it wasn't inherently a horror related sketch like it would always go there and so you're right horror very similarly follows this like formula and there's a lot of gags and things escalate 
yeah. to the point that shit gets so ridiculous that you almost laugh because you're just like, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. a lot of Jordan, a lot of Key and Peele sketches, which if you haven't seen their sketches, I highly recommend it. They're brilliant. I think they're some of the best sketches I've ever seen in my life. Oh, some of the best. And their sketches always have a very clear game of like one-upping and things just get more. Just when you think it cannot get more ridiculous, it gets more ridiculous. Yeah, that's a great point. So I can see why Jordan is such a strong horror writer and director. Well, like, if you think about it, so for people that have never done improv, improv comedy, you know, you go on stage and you have nothing planned and you sort of, like, figure it out as you go. And now, a lot of people think it's magic, but it's not. You you know, we're trained and it's like we have a rule, which is you go about a scene normally and then something unusual happens in the scene. So it's taking the unusual thing that happened and taking it to an extreme. And that is at the essence, the core of sketch comedy. It's taking mm-hmm. an unusual thing and escalating it to a maximum. And horror, what you said is brilliant. Horror does the same thing. We start off with a normal, you know, picturesque scene and then something unusual happens and then it escalates and escalates to an absurd level that we can't even wrap our brains around and then it resolves. So it's the same structure. I think horror does what comedy does a lot of times, which is make commentary about the society it's in without feeling like straight commentary. Like comedy is a way of like learning about the news or about a culture without it feeling like it's being fed to you. It feels like entertainment that just happens to inform you. And I think horror reflects the society it's in in a very similar way. And in films like Get Out and Nope, are symbolically making points and and satirically through horror trying to change that trying to bring light to things in society that need to change yeah i i am so glad that there's people like jordan peele right now really bringing horror back to Uh a place of respect again because again i'm sorry like i just Uh human centipede but the human centipede is essentially a comedy. It was a commentary of the torture porn horror trend. It's all satirical. You know, then kudos. Because <laughs> I, I never saw it. I could never see something like that. I would never eat for like five years after seeing that fucking film. So I loved it, but but I also hated it. I, I, you know what I mean? I feel like horror is something that it como arouses our like guttural basic human instincts that like yeah well we're we're sitting on the couch eating candy corn and yeah and it's it's having our dogs on our lap (laughs) i think horror is out of all the genres goes from being the worst of the worst to the Mm -hmm. most brilliant of the most brilliant and and there's also a celebration in in it being bad there's so much cult following of bad horror films being bad mm-hmm. is like it's not only being bad in that like oh we talk about we do sex and we do violence but it's also like if we do it poorly you might even like it you might like it even if it's done poorly because it's horror but that's not the same for a comedy a comedy that isn't that's bad at being funny is not a good comedy a, a drama that's not good at keeping your attention is not a good drama a horror that's kind of bad at being a horror 
literally gets cult followings. Like, Rocky Horror Picture Show is not a horror. Oh, yeah. No. It, 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 but it is. It's called Horror Picture Show. It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a musical. What is it? But, like, I think horror is the most, como que, eh, malleable. It's a, it's a weird genre. So when people say they don't like horror, I don't get it. Because I'm like, what do you mean you don't like horror? That's like saying you don't like shirts. You like certain shirts? You like, do you like just not wear, you just don't wear shirts? Like, what, like there's too many options for you. I guess it's a bad example because we all have to wear shirts. But, you know, I'm tired. I'm jet lagged. <laughs> I guess I feel like for me, I'm constantly afraid. And there's something mm-hmm. very gratifying <laughs> to be like, I'm going to. I'm going to control my fear. I'm going to sit down, press play. I can pause whenever I want. And I'm going to be scared about something that isn't in my life. It's something that's on my on the screen and I know is like actors acting. And it is mm-hmm. an escape. And and Daniel, my husband, doesn't really understand it because what he sees, like he wants escapism. But sometimes for me, escapism is being shown what I'm afraid of in a controlled manner. So like serial killers and true crime and all this stuff. Like I can control Uh when to stop it or not. And I can also, I feel control watching it. That, yeah, that makes sense. Like you're more in control just sitting on your couch watching something like that. When I'm in a new situation, maybe it's cause I've like, you know, I, I was growing up, I would change schools every two years. I'd change houses. Like the unknown is something that still scares me. Like walking into a dark room is almost like walking into a, a, a new school. It's like, you know, it's scary. It's unknown. I don't know what's going to come at me. But I think watching horror really is an, it, it is this like weird way of playing the game without living it. And I find it really satisfying very it's mm-hmm. almost like i do control myself i can control the fear in my life um and that's and i think that's what horror films like the best ones do i think the ones like psycho is a psychological study you know it's 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 about someone that can't let go it's about someone that like has a, has a can't be in regular life and so you watch it and you're like, I'm not this person. I can never be in this situation. I have control over not being in this situation. I'm safe. Weirdly, horror gives me feelings of safety. You know, it makes sense because I always wondered why my dad, my dad is like super anxiety ridden. Um, and I, I clearly get that from him. And so I'm like, why is my dad, who is who has a lot of anxiety, constantly watching horror movies like he'll watch the most disgusting thing my, my mom and dad both love horror my dad can handle the more like slasher torture porn type stuff like it doesn't matter he somehow is not grossed out or anything um but like my dad for some reason like i remember we'd be going on a cruise and the day before he'd be watching one of these boats sinking or jaws or some shit and then then we'd go on a trip and it had to, you know, we had to fly somewhere and he'd be watching like, a, a, you know, a plane wreck yeah. type of movie. That's so and interesting. And I'm like, what are you doing? 
my my dad is always like my dad doesn't typically like watching like relaxing cute things it's just like just like nothing but horror like that's all if my dad like when he stays here sometimes like he'll come and visit and um because sometimes he'll travel alone or he'll come with my mom but when it's just him by himself, he will just play Forensic Files. That is all my dad oh, plays on the fucking TV. Like, I never see my dad watching a Disney movie or like... I, I, I'm your dad. Jenny, I'm your dad. Oh I'm my God. Dad. And here's my thing. You know how white noise is like loud noise <laughs> that feels like nothing? Because when it's at a certain level and sounds a certain way it actually like cancels out real noise Mm -hmm. that's how i feel about this type of stuff it's like it's so intense that it cancels out my anxiety it's like there's no guy with a mask and a knife coming to me that's so true i mean i can see how it cancels out your real life anxiety and makes whatever it is that you're worried about seem infinitely smaller like right now i just got three texts from my boss i'm nine minutes late to a meeting and i my heart is coming out of my chest and i need to go and i am so anxious and i would absolutely I'm dealing with the same thing oh my god oh my god Close. i got three yes, people coming. calling me my insurance adjuster for my car accident oh my god so i would rather honestly I'm in the same I'm, boat oh girl honestly real life is so much scarier and horror really is an escape is. And we should watch a horror film together or make one. I would love to make a, I would like to make a real horror film with you. <gasps> that would be really funny. Women in horror. Hello. I would like to do a, a horror film about a bikini waxer. Sure. There's nothing that gave me more fear than getting a bikini <laughs> wax, like a Brazilian wax. Like I would, I would fear it for weeks before my appointment. I just, I feel like, and then it would happen. I'm like, yeah, I was in pain and it was horrible, but like, I'm alive. But I treated it as if like I was going to get sacrificed to the Mayan gods on the top of a pyramid. Like, I don't know why. Anyway.